thrilled to have in studio with me entrepreneur, businesswoman, and owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, Susan Kochevar. It's always a treat. Thank you. So what's the movies this weekend? We are carrying over our same program. It's going over very well. So we have Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which looks super cute. Okay. We had lots and lots of little kids this uh, last weekend. And then we have uh, Avengers Endgame, the ever popular. The movie is three hours long, so you'll want to buy one of our new energy drinks. (laughs) Okay. Yep. And um, then we have our last feature, Captain Marvel. Okay, so you know what? We need to do an Americhicks night out yeah. at the 88 Drive-In Theater. Let's get that figured out. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, sounds good. So, but let's jump in here. Uh, it was a tough, tough uh, time for a small business down at the Capitol. So I know that you've been watching that. Uh, so what should small businesses be concerned about? Well, I think one of the most terrifying things for me is the uh, bill that passed that allows cities, municipalities to set minimum wage. We saw what happened in Seattle with that and uh, how all the businesses moved out. You know, we already have uh, a minimum wage amendment, which raised our minimum wage 90 cents every year for three years. So last year, minimum wage went up a year, uh, 90 cents. This year, it went up 90 cents. And next year, it went, it's going up another 90 cents. And payroll, as we talked before, um, payroll taxes are a percentage of payroll. So that goes up massively as well. With cities just arbitrarily increasing minimum wage, that's just going to destroy the small businesses. You know, I hire a lot of really young kids Mm -hmm. out of high school and stuff. And it's most usually their first job. And they'll stay with me for three or four years, sometimes a little longer when they're going to college or whatever they're doing. And the really nasty effect is the kids start working for me, and they sometimes don't have any skills at all. They don't even know how to work a can opener. So I start teaching them that. I teach them how to run the register. Sometimes I have to teach them their math. their multiples of nine, you know, mm-hmm. which is our admission, $9 per person. So I teach them all these skills. They stay with me. They, they work really hard. They have great ideas. And when minimum wage comes in and I have to hire next year a new set of kids that have no skills for 90 cents more, it's really hard for me to give raises to the kids who've been with me the longest. All this does is flatten out wages, makes everybody the same. It's really a bad thing in addition to being really hard on your bottom line. Well, and ultimately, shouldn't it be the right of an employer and employee to negotiate what that payment is going to be instead of government coming in and doing this? Absolutely, it should. And some people are more motivated and work harder than other people. And that pay raise is an incentive to get the best out of your people. And when that's taken away, you know, then the people who would tend to work really hard, why work so hard? You're only going to make the same pay. It's really bad for people, bad for kids. Well, and uh, so ultimately what will happen is is the kids won't get that. Some some kids won't mm-hmm. get that first job. Lots of them, yeah. And I remember my first job was at Daylight Donuts and Chicken Inn. And I should have paid them because uh, it was exactly what you're describing is they trained me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But learning to work with the public. Uh, so many skills that were so so important. And ultimately, forced minimum wage is going to uh, take that opportunity away from a number of young people because that first job is your is, you know, where you learn your work ethic and where you learn how to do these different things so that you can go on and be a success. So ultimately, you know, Susan, we were talking about during break, you have things that sound like a good value, you know, 
jobs for people, um, you know, clean air, clean water, uh, childhood vaccinations. And then what is happening is the radical regressives on the left are doing things that ultimately actually, because of force, are going to hurt people. It is. It's a childlike mentality. We can make everything fair and even, and nothing works that way. It's just not reality. You know, uh, you could give, you know, five people $1,000. And by the end of the week, some people would have more than $1,000. Some people would have less, but it would be because of their personal choices. And that is, uh, I mean, that is what's so good about the American idea. So, yeah, forced minimum wage. This is the other thing, though, Susan, that I've realized. And that is, and we have been asleep at the wheel. These activists have been playing um, chess, and we've been playing tiddlyweeks. Mm-hmm. And so they have basically taken over local government and school boards. Yep. And uh, it's really kind of a thankless job. I served on for four years on city council. Takes a lot of time. I think that we were paid like eight, $880 or $800 a month or something. I figured it probably worked out to be about $2 an hour. Probably because so. Because you had yeah. all these different meetings that you had to go to. And you go to meetings where the bureaucrats that are sitting there across the table from you, they're making, you know, six figures plus benefits. You're city managers for sure. Yeah. And so, so but what has happened is the left has used this as a springboard, uh, a place that, that, um, that they've, they've really kind of taken over this uh, local government. We haven't been paying attention. And then they also use that as a springboard to send people on up to the state legislature on, on up from there. But what they can't get done at the state legislature... Mm-hmm. They're pushing back down to the local level. Exactly. County commissioners, city councils. And when you run a small business, it's very hard to stay up with everything, all the regulations, and pay attention to the city council, the county commissioners, the state government, state legislature, let alone watch all those bills that come through and get down that ever testify. You're working. And watch what the federal government does. Overall, way, way too much government. Way too much government. So um, what are some of the other things that you're concerned about? Well, one of the other things I'm really concerned about is our governor, before he was elected, was in an SEIU meeting, and he was talking about some of the policies that he wanted to implement, and one of those was criminalizing employment law, putting teeth in employment law, he said. That is terrifying to me. Right now, if you, as an employer, are accused of anything, you have to go before the bureaucrats and prove your innocence. I mean, there's no, there's no due process. It's, it's just really a backwards sort of thing. And it, a lot of times it comes to a he said, she said. Everybody, um, I think a lot of times what happens is employers are criminalized or, or demonized and always looked at, well, surely you must be doing something wrong if this employee has an issue. But, you know, people are people. They're, they're good and bad on both sides. And, this and we all have good and bad days, too. Good and bad days. And uh, people, that are, you know, people that are trying to gain the system, always you have that. So criminalizing something like employment law will just destroy entrepreneurism. You know, it, it'll go right along with minimum wage. Companies, big companies like McDonald's will figure out ways to implement technology so they don't have to hire people, cost less, the risk's lower, and then small companies just won't open or will figure out how to do with fewer people. I can tell you we are already figuring out um, how to um, change our product line so that we don't need as much staff. All this stuff super hurts uh, employment. Why? What, what, what do you think the reason is? 
you know, I, there just seems to be this super negative attitude towards entrepreneurs or business people. It seems to be the attitude of, well, you just must be, you know, raking in the money and stuffing it in the safe. And it, nothing could be farther from the truth. You do have to save money in case you have a problem and reinvest it in your business and stuff. Um, but, you know, in our country, it's that promise of entrepreneurism and the ability to get rich with that huge incentive that keeps us from being a classless society and keeps people motivated and productive. It's it's really what's produced so many great things in our country. And I, that attitude is, is uh, maybe it's being pushed by people who prefer to be lazy. I don't know. You know, that is a word I haven't heard in a long time, and that is the word lazy. You know it, and uh, there are people that actually are lazy mm-hmm. that they want to get something for nothing, and then also there's this uh, the politics of envy terrible problem yes and that is that is really what uh, Marxism, what communism, what socialism is based on it's based on envy mm-hmm. and then when we were talking with Dr. Chris Miller earlier, they're trying to take then that envy and use this intersectionality of looking at these other groups. And looking at that group as uh, they got ahead, and so they must have done that on the backs of people yep. versus, you know, maybe they had a great idea mm-hmm. and people were willing to trade their hard-earned dollars for that. Um, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this, but also some of the other things that small businesses should be concerned about regarding this last legislative session. So this is okay. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back with Susan Kochevar. So Susan Kochevar in studio with... Uh, with me, you are an entrepreneur, businesswoman, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. And again, what's the movies this weekend? I'll see. Detective uh, Pikachu. Okay. So that looks really good. Pokemon. And then we have Avengers, Endgame, and the last one, Captain Marvel. Sounds so, like a lot of fun. Oh, the product this year looks fantastic. So many good movies coming up. Great. And uh, I do hear that you have funnel cake out there. We do. We have funnel cake, yes. You can have two toppings, chocolate or strawberry. Yum. Okay. And the best popcorn in town. Uh, yes, you know what? I actually bought it out of a, off of a farmer out of um, Nebraska. Cool. This year, brand Very new cool. popcorn, super good. Okay, great. So, well, let's talk about some very serious things as well, and that is these um, additional taxes, fees, rules, and regulations that really will uh, will hurt small businesses. And we talked about the criminalizing employers. Mm-hmm. Ouch! And then the forced minimum wage, local minimum wage. Uh, it seems like uh, you know they're they're you know kind of putting their tentacles out. If they can't get it past one place, then they're going to push it down to local. Although, <laughs> it was really interesting. At Stanford, Colorado, uh, the rally on Friday afternoon, uh, Well County Commissioner Barb Kirkmeyer mm-hmm. said, okay, you guys want local control? You know what? We're going to have local control regarding oil and gas development, and we are not going to, at least the way I read it, is we're not going to institute 181, Senate Bill Very 181. Nice. So we need, though to start to run um, people that value entrepreneurship, business people. I, in a way, I kind of look at, and not to take anything away from the military, but I kind of look at my four years on city council as uh, <laughs> being in the service, you know it? Oh, yeah. Because it's a lot of time. But everybody, I think, needs to step up and take their turn mm-hmm. because the left is taking it over and we're seeing what's happening. Yep, they take their turn. Okay, so let's talk about some more of these very bad bills. Which one do you want to talk about now, Susan Kochevar? Hmm, that family leave bill really bothers me. Uh, it didn't pass, but it'll be back. No, it will be back. All of this stuff will be back and more. And if you want to know what's going to come through our state, look at some of the other states, especially back east in California and Oregon, places like that. Uh, 
there is some really nasty stuff coming. You know, they all talk, and uh, boy, it's scary. So the next session, I think, is going to be even more terrifying. You know, I was talking with some people yesterday, and there's been the thought that maybe that this was the worst because next year it'll be right before, you know, election season. Mm -hmm. But the word on the street is no, that they're going to double down. You're going to see this forced vaccination. I I hear it's going to be worse than this one. Uh, The family leave program. This is an unsustainable uh, government program where people could take um, time off to care for loved ones. And uh, good. Hey, good idea. Good. Good idea. But. But it's not government's role. No, and they're going to take money from everybody's checks. I can tell you that I have some people that work for me that need every dime for their cell phone bills, their food, their heat. They have children. They have young families. Uh, That doesn't help them at all. Not at all. And, you know, the other thing is we were just sitting here thinking. I was looking at, uh, you know, there was that, let's see, the Initiative 300, which was the, it it went down. It was the... um, thing where people could camp or live anywhere mm-hmm. on any property in the city and county of Denver. Yep. And, um, you know, as you look at something, I lost my train of thought what I was thinking about on that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Uh, we had had um, uh, uh, one of the guys in from the Denver Metro Realtors Association, and they said, and he said that they are spending uh, an average of $20,000. Denver is spending a t- an average of $20,000 per homeless person. And But you know where a lot of that money is going? It's going into the pockets of bureaucrats and elitists that are running these programs. Yeah. That's where that's where the money's going. It takes a ton of money to uh, administer all that stuff. And that's one of the things that you'll see even with this family leave type bill. So all the money is taken out of people's checks. Then it has to be administered, collected, and distributed and stuff like that. By the time it gets back to the people, it's never what it they promise. It just sits on the dollar. Mm-hmm. It's just, so they have, so in a way, so, and many of these programs are really ways to fund their pockets. Absolutely. One other thing that bothers me about that sort of thing and uh, the forced vaccinations, if you look at Oregon and some of the scary things that they're doing in, uh, with their um, uh, social services, they have mandated now that every time somebody has a new baby, somebody gets to come into your home to make sure that, you know, a home visit when the baby comes home. And one of the things on that is to make sure that they have their vaccinations. Yeah. Now, if we were so, and, and this is the, okay, forced vaccinations. I, this is, it's been a journey for me to get to this because I've always thought that vaccinating our children against childhood diseases is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But then when I look at what this is being morphed into, yeah. um, and I look at the players, it's the people on the far activist left that are doing this. These are the people, though, that are also pro-abortion. Yeah, and I'm concerned, too, because you have the big pharma in there who, can, who has a dog in the fight. So maybe the stuff's effective. Maybe it doesn't do anything. And it, we know it damages some people. So... I just that, let's just not pish all that onto everybody. Let's let people make their own decisions. It just well, and if you force it, then and big pharma doesn't have to be accountable. No, they're not accountable. They then. don't have to make sure that they're providing a product that people want. When people do the research, they say, "Oh, I I look at this, I see the different things, and yes, I think this is good for my my child." Instead of government coming in and saying, "I mean, yeah, it, it's beyond belief to me." But what you just mentioned about Oregon. Where they are going to have uh, forced visits into your home when 
you have a new baby and new babies, you know, new moms, it's a, oh. it's tough. I, I mean, the last thing you want is government coming in and judging you. Yeah. Well, and they'll be looking around your home and who knows what they'll decide. These people don't know better than other people. My gosh, we are a species that was born in the dirt. We survived. It's just so much over control. It, uh, and, and people thinking they know better than everybody else how things should specifically be done. Okay. So let's circle back then to this family leave bill. Okay. Let's say that you have a new baby or that you have an elderly parent that needs help. Um, what, do, what would be the options? What are the options, not government options, that we could do to help people? What do you think? Well, I know that uh, there, is, that there are nonprofits that are already set up. Uh, I, I contribute to one to help people stay in their homes when they're elderly. Uh, they drive them around. They get their groceries for them. And there's no money collected from everybody and going through an administration being processed. Every dollar goes to these, these folks. So there's so many other options from really caring people. So we could lower taxes. Lower taxes. And then people would have more money to fund these different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to that point, uh, I have a, a neighbor up the street. She, um, she's elderly, and uh, she actually gave my kids all their first jobs mowing lawns. And she had needed a ride to the eye doctor. And it was kind of last minute, and I, I thought I was going to have to come back to the station to do a recording. So I said, okay, I'll take you. I'll drop you off, and then I'll come back and get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we get over there, and uh, I said, okay. And, and, you know, the waiting room was pretty full. And I said, okay, now, you know, you just wait for me. I'll be back. And there was a couple there, and he was a, a, a veteran. And I commented on his hat. And uh, so my, my friend went back to for her examination, and they looked at me, and they said, well, we live in Parker, and we would be happy to take your friend home, you know. And um, yeah. I'm thinking, is this not an amazing country that these people would do that? As it turned out, I didn't have to come back to do the recording. I was able to just wait for her. But I thought, this is what it is, is neighbor helping neighbor, not government doing it. That's right. All those really nice connections. That's for sure. One of the other things that I don't think that got solved during this last legislative session was the sales tax mess that we have going on. And that's Boy. I don't know what, what's, how that's going to be resolved. I know a small business person that has decided to close their business. And uh, what I had actually suggested when I was on city council, if, if we want to try to fix this, is, is that sales tax should be collected at the place where the business is. Yes. Instead of now, all these little businesses are supposed to try to collect sales tax and all these. So if I have a T-shirt business and I sell T-shirts in all the different counties here in uh, Colorado... I might have to file sales tax in each of those counties. And you're subject to audit from and each of those. Subject. I know that uh, American Furniture Warehouse, Jake Jabs, talked about that and how he has to, how much it costs him. He has to pay, I think, two or three full-time people at least just to manage the sales tax now. Wow. So it is a mess. And again, uh, our uh, politicians and bureaucrats, instead of making, you know, solving the problem, they've made it worse. Made it worse. So, Susan Kochevar, thank you so much for being in studio. Thank any, you. Any final thoughts? I love being here and uh, go out and be an entrepreneur. Sounds great. And you know what? You are a valued partner. I so appreciate what you do with us. So thank, thank you. you.